From the southeastern corner of western North Carolina, this is Polklore. I'm your host, James Hernishan. It's only just the beginning of spring, but if you consider yourself an engaged member of the Saluda community, it's never too early to start thinking about Coon Dog Day, which is held each year on the first Saturday after July 4th. There was a time when Coon Dog Day was kind of like the third rail of politics in Saluda. No one was going to touch it, let alone challenge its very existence, because that would be political suicide. Over the years, though, what was once the biggest celebration in the county started to lose its luster. After the city ended the prohibition on the sale of alcohol back in 2005, some folks started complaining about drunken partiers ruining the wholesome nature of the festival, particularly the square dancing at the tail end of the day's events. For some reason, the elaborate floats that made the Coon Dog Day Parade such a draw for thousands of visitors and residents stopped being quite so elaborate. The raccoon hounds that inspired the whole thing? Where were they anyway? And then COVID hit in 2019, and the whole thing had to be canceled for two years. That gave citizens a chance to mull over whether Coon Dog Day was really worth the effort and the money. Someone has to pay for the police presence, unless all the officers agree to volunteer their time. And then there's golf carts to rent, shuttle buses to run, and a long list of organizational tasks that come with shutting down Highway 176 for a day. It's not like Saluda has plenty of money in the bank. For one thing, the liability from the ancient sewer and water system isn't going away anytime soon. It turns out that not everyone in Saluda loves Coon Dog Day, particularly those shop on Main Street who find it more of a hassle and an expense than a business opportunity. So a few weeks ago, Saluda's Board of Commissioners held a public hearing devoted to reconsidering the future of Coon Dog Day. The consensus was that the summer's version would be a scaled back event, a lot like last year's, which was much quieter and less ambitious than pre-COVID days. Everyone seems to still like the 5K run, which has been a part of the day schedule for years, but gone are the carnival amusement park rides and oversized food trucks. And as you'll hear in my talk with Saluda Mayor Tanji Morgan, who headed the Coon Dog Day Committee long before she was elected in 2021, there are the inevitable problems that come with trying to celebrate a history that isn't always squeaky clean. There will be a Coon Dog Day 2023, what happens in 2024 and beyond is an open question. And that's what we talked about at Saluda City Hall on the last official day of winter. Tangi Morgan, thanks so much for joining Polklore. Oh, thank you for having me. I, I appreciate you giving me the opportunity to talk about Dog Day. Well, it's certainly something that everyone in Saluda has an opinion about. They definitely do. <laughs> and uh, a week or so ago, there was a public meeting that you, as the mayor of Saluda, held to uh, talk about the future of Coondog Day. Yes, we did. So before we get into the future, let's talk about the past. Okay, it actually started in 1963, and it actually initially was... Um, not held in city limits. It was held out at Gordon's Pond out on 176. And it actually started as a benefit dinner to try to raise money for the local coon club to um, to buy uh, supplies for them and different things to re, um, you know, to to keep the coon club going. And what happened is they started selling chicken dinners. And the women of that group kept, you know, it kept getting larger and larger and larger, and they outgrew the pond. So then it it 
come back into town. And then it took over, you know, the whole town, it seems like. But we, um, they went from, you know, showing the dogs actually on the street, you know, on the pavement. And then they decided that was, you know, not good for the dog's feet. So they moved him into the gravel parking lot in front of the park. And then it's kind of just took over. Then they moved him to the ball field because they thought they needed a bigger area. And then a couple of years ago, we decided, you know what, it needs to come back into town you know, to kind of be the center, you know, focal point of town, because that's what Coon Dog Day was supposed to be. Kind of like a homecoming. You see people that you haven't saw in years. It's, you know, kind of like a celebration of the town. You know, you see people that, you know, you haven't seen in 20 years or you haven't seen, you know, in weeks. But, um, you know, it's arts, crafts, music, street dance, a 5K race. It's um, a little bit of everything. As you know, your son probably enjoys some of the, uh, years ago, the amusement rides even. it, You know, it's something, it's supposed to be a celebration of the town and something for everyone to enjoy. Not just, you know, not just coon hunters, it's for everyone. And it, it had, I mean, at least prior to COVID, um, when it, when it was a really big deal, it was probably the biggest festival in Polk yeah. County. They say it averages like ten to 20,000 people in town. Well, that's, an all, that's a lot of people for a town the size of Saluda. Oh, most definitely. You kind of have to prepare for it and you have to get ready for it because it's coming. And in years past, you know, during the COVID years, we didn't really have one per se. We had some music that day because, you know, people were in town for it anyway. So we tried to provide a little bit of music or something. And then this past year, when we, you know, started up again, you know, after COVID, we tried to make it more like it used to be more of a hometown feel, kind of a smaller event, because it's hard to get back from, you know, not having one to having one. And we tried to create some open space for people so they wouldn't be all on top of each other. We tried to do more local things, which I think people appreciated because that's, you know, it got more almost carnival-like. And we were trying to get back to where, you know, its original roots were. Well, I think that carnival-like is exactly what it had become, right? You had a lot of the, the, the amusement rides, the uh, like the funnel cake vendors, that's the sort of group that goes from festival to festival, from fair to fair all summer long. And so for me, uh, it was starting to lose any uh, unique characteristic, right? It was becoming a generic summer festival. Exactly. And that's what we're trying to work toward in the future is get it back to where it used to be. I mean, we don't need, you know, five different ones from Raleigh coming up here and, and setting up street food when we have local restaurants that can provide food for, for the guest. And, you know, that's what you want. You want it to be more hometown feel. You don't want it to be like a big carnival. And I think what the problem there was is I think it had been um, costing so much to put on that that's where it got out of hand. It, it got into, we had to somehow pay for it because we don't want the citizens to pay for it. You know, and that's, you know, that's not fair to the citizens to have to have that burden put on them. I mean, I did want to talk about this because at the, the, the public meeting the other day, uh, we only really had one citizen, um, 
raise a kind of an objection to, to where things are going. And she pointed out that it cost $16,000 to mount last year's Coondog Day, which was a scaled back version. And then she compared that with the fact that the city decided to uh, stop lighting most of its street lamps in town, which cost, we saved us $14,000 a year. So if we are, the city's so strapped for cash that we can't afford to keep the street lamps on, can we really afford to mount Coondog Day? Right. Well, see, that was that was our thinking too, is there's got to be a way of putting it on. If you're going to have it, there's got to be ideas and ways of putting it on where it doesn't, you know, burden the citizen to put it on because that's not fair to them. And there's got, I mean, we had worked in years past on getting sponsorships and, you know, that's hard to do. But, you know, we've got to come out and let people know that, you know, you need to support it or it's going to go in a different direction. I mean, it's going to be scaled back so much that it's, you know, I mean, you've got to do something because it's costing too much to put on. And I think everybody loves Kundal Day, and we don't want to see it go away. But there's got to be a fine line of it. It shouldn't cost $16,000 to put on. And it shouldn't be the burden of the taxpayers to put it on. So there's got to be a way of getting, you know, we did have a private, as you know, you were at that meeting. We had a private donation of $5,000 to help put it on. And that's the only way that it really is going forward this year thanks to the nice lady, I mean, and we're not going to have that every year. So we need to think outside the box and do some outside resourcing or something to come up with cutting some of the budget off of it because, you know, that is that is a huge, you know, ask for someone to give $16,000 to put on one festival. Well, let's get to the question, who, like, who benefits? Who really wants to see Coondog Day survive? I think a lot of people love Coondog Day because it's always been a tradition. I mean, some people say, you know, it's gotten too big. We don't like to come to it. But other people love it. They plan their whole vacation. And I think, you know, they talked in the meeting. They talked about that it was like a one-day festival. What encompasses that whole week and the week after? So I think you're talking about benefit. I really do think that the bed and breakfast, the local Airbnbs, the restaurants, I mean, that is a great opportunity for them to make their money to survive during the wintertime. I mean, that's the biggest, you know, that's our biggest season of the year is, you know, that whole week and the week after. But and this is something that's really hard to prove scientifically, but I think some people might say, look, our family comes for a big reunion every year to Coondog Day. But the truth is, we would do that anyway. We all just try to do it at Coondog Day because Coondog Day is this festival we can enjoy. So does it really generate any more income or is it just concentrate the same amount of income in a shorter amount of time? So, I mean, these are difficult things. The city doesn't have the money to pay consultants to do big studies like this sort of thing. So I guess... What I'm getting at is I know there are businesses in town who say, you know, Kundai Day really doesn't do a heck of a lot for us because the people who come aren't the folks who are shopping in, in, in our store. Or I mean, and it's actually a bit of a burden because, it, you know, you have to hire extra staff. You have to worry about shoplifting or breakage. I mean, so 
not every business in town is that keen on Coon Dog Day, right? Right. But but you can say that also about the Arts Festival because there's certain businesses that that might benefit and others say it doesn't benefit. So it's kind of like that's the reason we have, you know, the Arts Festival and then we have Coon Dog Day too because it's, you know, you get different types of people for different festivals and we want to offer it to everyone. I mean, we, we'd like, you know, I would like to see Coon Dog Day be kind of scaled back to where it it didn't cost as much to put on, whether we, you know, reach out to a big corporate sponsor, if that's what we have to do, and have limitations on, you know, what that entails, because you can't, you know, have let them have carte blanche with your town. I mean, I understand that too. And, um, you know, I think that Kundo Day is such a homecoming that, you know, you said family reunions, they still, you know, people still love the street dance. They love to get out there and watch people. I mean, you know, as well as I do, they stay till dark. I mean, having fun. And it, and that's what it's supposed to be. It's supposed to be good family fun. Is your vision then more like the arts festival is something that can draw maybe a few thousand people to town because we got this incredible array of artists all in one spot. But Coon Dog Day is more for the locals to celebrate Saluda itself. I think so. I think it's more a homecoming. So, but that kind of implies that Coon Dog Day isn't really about helping businesses make money. It's not secondary to the... the I mean, I, I think it. I think Coon Dog Day has never really been about making a ton of money. I think it's more about celebrating your community. You know what I mean? Like, it, I think it's like, you know, they may they may come for that day and they may not buy anything in, let's say, one of the art galleries. But that's not saying that they won't come back and see a piece of art that they would, you know, buy in the near future for, you know, a mountain home that they've had up here for years. Is Kundog Day a, an important element of the the marketing of saluda it is is it an opportunity for people to see you know a charming historic town absolutely and, and uh, it, so now we have two two celebrations here art festival and coondog day um, and if both of them are going to continue they really need to appeal to different audiences is that what you're saying well i think they do appeal to different audiences i mean you've you've attended both or they they they're definitely different crowds i mean it seems like the arts festival draws more um kind of an older clientele i guess whereas kundo day is more of a family you know you see kids you see you see more kids and families for kundo day more so than you do for the arts festival of course we do have an art tent at the arts festival we do try to appeal to everyone for that does the arts festival cost the city any money? No, it's ran through the SBA, and that's what we're trying to look at too. Okay. <laughs> so that's our point, you know, and that's something we're going to have to look at. See, the Kundo Day is the only city-sponsored event, and that's you know got to be looked at too. You know whether it's going to become like if the SBA wants to take it on or Downtown Foundation wants to take it on, and that's one of the avenues that you know, it was going to have to be discussed. And I think that for like 2024 and on. Right. right? Not, because this yeah. year it's going this to be similar gonna, to last year's. Yes, but just more scaled down. And yeah, it's going to be kind of similar to where where it was last year. 
a little smaller, more um, more open space for people to actually enjoy instead of be on top of each other. More local food vendors, more local restaurant participation, local artists, we're reaching out to them. Charities, a lot of local charities are going to hopefully have a booth, so that'll be a good thing uh-huh. to promote their charities. And they would have to pay a small fee? Mm, some of them will, yeah, yes. Because, yeah. again, we would like it that the city isn't coughing up 16000 Exactly. Like, I mean, it doesn't sound like a lot of money to someone from Asheville, but... Right. For a little small town, it is. Yeah. It's a chunk. (laughs) (laughs) What about the history that, and the the heritage of Saluda that Coondog Day is trying to represent? Um, We don't have a Coondog club in Saluda anymore. No, we don't. Um, They're talking about reorganizing, but see, there's so many of them have are older or have passed on and it's just you know the young folks are just kind of haven't gotten it i think they just haven't had the time to prepare and get one organized they're talking about organizing one though but now the akc always comes up from orangeburg south carolina and they do the judging for the um for the dog show are they gonna be coming up this year okay Mm -hmm. Well, what and this brings up something else, though, uh, the fact that you've got people from, from South Carolina and, and elsewhere. Like in the parade, a lot of the, the parade has historically been folks from out of town. Like you see the Hillbilly Club, right. old cars, the sure. jalopies. Yes. They're, from, for, they're, they're not from Saluda. They're from somewhere else. Well, you see the fire trucks from other departments, and yeah. you see the um, a lot of people from Hendersonville come down and they'll have a business up there and they want to advertise their business and they send something down, which you don't blame them for wanting to advertise it. It's, it's almost so like it's become a little bit disconnected from the current Saludas. If we don't have Coondog Day clubs and, and, and the hillbilly clans are from Spartanburg or, or whatever, um, what is left that is really Saluda? Well, you're still getting some of the local businesses to put in the parade, and you're still you're still getting a lot of the local participants. I mean, you know, the land trust always puts a you know puts a float in. We're getting some. Well, I just one of the, my favorite things in the past mm-hmm. in the parade was the themed floats that would come right. in. I remember like exactly. an Elvis Presley space shuttle or something. <laughs> I don't know. I so, do too. <laughs> um, and. Uh, we don't see a lot of that anymore, and I don't know wh- why that happened. Because I mean, my wife's family put together a New Orleans Mardi Gras themed float one year, and, and I, it was a lot of fun to do. And I think that would be something that local, longtime Saluda folks or summer folks mm-hmm. could could make a contribution and make that make the that part of Coondog Day very special. Well, see, used to we get we would get you know like the bank you know at the bank making yeah. it at the time, they would always put in one and um, so did the paces out here at you know Pace Construction, and I think a lot of it is um, people don't have the time to put put things together, their lives are so busy. Yeah. So yeah. well, maybe we need to have a shout out and get people to participate well maybe anyone listening to this episode can think about maybe bring your parade you know parade put your parade um your float together and bring your parade attire right yeah i mean it's just really kind of one day's work (laughs) yeah right 
Yeah, I would love to see more. I mean, I used to love seeing them. You know, remember the local camps? The local camps used to participate. And I have talked to Camp Wayfair about putting one on. You know, I've talked to him last year and the year before. So maybe I should give a shout out to him, Jim Bob, and say, get out here and put a float in our Well, I think there's a lot of people who would like to see the parade become something more like it used to be. Exactly. I think we all would. We'd like to. We have... You know, we have tried for several years now to get the um, barrel race. Do you remember the barrel race yeah. with the local fire departments? If we could give a shout out to the fire departments to get up here and let's compete and do some barrel racing well, on the street. Like, it sounds like you're setting up a list of to-do things we do. for yourself. We already have. <laughs> okay, okay. But, you know, there, there has been some problematic aspects of the parade, too. Now, you know, right before COVID, we had this really unfortunate uh, incident where we had... Uh, the parade marshal, mm-hmm. a very wonderful woman, right. Pearly Mae Harris, yes. and she was walk- she was followed 50 feet behind by the Sons of Confederate veterans. Mm-hmm. Kind of problematic. I mean, just before that, the South Carolina governor had taken down the Confederate flag right. from the state house. Mm-hmm. So uh, history can be complicated. And, and I mean, it, it may sound unfair to, to bring this up, but if you're going to celebrate your heritage, you have to be careful about what you're celebrating. So can I assume that a little more thought might go into that kind of thing with the parade? Absolutely. Absolutely. Because, I mean, it was just, it was not comfortable for a lot of people right. to I see that. I um, th- th- That's really my last question is how, 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 Outside of Coondog Day, how should Saluda be thinking about its heritage and its place in the county? Um, because Coondog Day, like you said, it kind of evolved out of a private thing. Mm-hmm. Saluda embraced it, and now we don't really have Coondog Day as a, I mean, Coondogs as a central element of, of our, our, our community anymore. Although plenty of people got Coondogs. I know, um, I have one too. <laughs> <laughs> we got one across the street from us. Um, and we may see in the future, we may see that Coondog Day encompasses all of the history of Saluda, whether it be, you know, Dr. Lassane Smith, whether it be the railroad, whether it be Phoebe Sullivan. Maybe, you know, maybe Coondog Day will turn into more of a celebration of the town as a whole instead of just one thing. Maybe well, that's what we need. I'm you really know, glad you that that's up. what you know. That's what we've been talking about too. Is maybe you know it needs to encompass all of the town and all of the history of the town, and maybe just be a big celebration. In our town now, we have the railroad museum, and uh, we've got this rails to trails, which is it's beating down our door. <laughs> it's, it's a few years away, but yes. it's coming, and maybe we could incorporate you know combine uh that summer celebration we have with the railroad heritage i don't know exactly how to do that i think think that we had we had in years past and you know we had put on a couple of railroad days and i had tried to get north fort southern to bring one of their animated um equipment up here and it fell through a couple of times but i did get some of the local train groups put up displays in the school for the school kids to see before they got out of school on Friday. And they love that. And that's what we need to do. We, I, I've always said we need 
to, you know, this town is based upon the railroad, and we need to highlight that. And I, I don't know why that we don't do more. You know, you know, we've got the steepest standard grade in the United States, and, you know, why don't we highlight that? Well, it, you know, I really didn't think of this whole train angle when I asked you to do this interview. Yes, I know. Uh, but, but it really makes sense. Um, in, instead of hanging on to something which is only a really a small part of, of, of Saluda's history, maybe we should be pivoting towards celebrating the, the importance of railways in, in Saluda's history. And, and railways are really important of American history, you know, all, and um, I don't know how a parade would work. Maybe you could have floats that look like train cars or something. Well, they've, they do those automated little um, train cars too. Right. There you go. So, so maybe that's a whole new direction. What do you, what are your thoughts on the rest of city council's opinions on where they want to take? Um, I think that we've got a gr good group. I think that um, our Kundal Day committee this year, I think we're going to, we're, we're going to start having our first few meetings and start, you know, weeding things out on the new direction that we want to take it in. Um, I, I think we've got a good group that's going to work well together. I mean, we've got like a, you know, a group that's got, you know, business owners, commissioners. I mean, we've got, you know, um, a good representation, I guess I should say, of, of Saluda. That's going to work toward it. When I saw that there was going to be a meeting about Coondog Day, I was thinking it was going to be more of an existential, you know, is Coondog Day going to persist kind of thing. But instead, there seemed to be a, already a consensus among the, the five mm -hmm. members yeah. of the board that, no, we're going to keep Coondog Day. It's just a question of what is Coondog Day going to be. So everyone is committed to doing something. Yes, it's moving forward. And hopefully it can still be one of the big festivals in Salute, I mean, in Polk County. We're going to end on a positive note, right? <laughs> Usually I get to say that. I'm <laughs> sorry, but Kundo Day is going to go on. And, you know, and I would I would advise people, you know, if you love Kundo Day, write a check to the city to keep it going. You know, reach out to the local coon clubs. Get them more, you know, if you want it to stay as Kundo Day, you need to get out and get people to come and volunteer. We need volunteers. We can't even get enough volunteers. So we should be able to find enough people. We to should. Volunteer. We should. But you know, it's very hard. So just, just down, this past weekend, uh, it was Super Saturday down yes. in Tryon, and that was another Wonderful. success. Despite how cold it was in the morning, um, I asked the organizer, and they said we don't have a problem with volunteers. Wow. They rely on kids a lot. Maybe. maybe there's our yeah maybe that's that's our answer to our prayers right all right <laughs> all right well mayor morgan thanks so much for spending the time and uh maybe we'll catch up on another topic in a few months it sounds great right, thank call you. me anytime <laughs> how about that it all started with chicken dinners the things you learn on podcasts that's it for this episode if you want to get a hold of me with ideas for new episodes or guests, you can email me at jameshh at Thanks for listening.